Welcome to Radiant Church Podcast. We want Jesus to be the message in everything we do. We are those who look to him. Now, here's David Perkins. Father, we love you, and we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing here at Radiant Church. We thank you for what you're doing in this new family that is beginning to connect and grow together. We ask in Jesus' name that you would help the word of God come alive for us. We pray, Holy Spirit, would you do something unique in our hearts? We honor you and we love you. And everybody said, amen? Amen. amen. Uh, we put up our Christmas tree this week. Did you put up your Christmas tree yet? Anybody? Yeah? Some people love it. Some people loathe it. Renata loves it. I loathe it. How many people love putting up the Christmas tree? Yep. How many loathe it? Loathe it? Oh, a few of you, yeah. Figure, I figure if Jesus cursed a fig tree, I can loathe the Christmas tree. But um, I don't, well, it's true. He did curse the fig tree. I don't know why, but... Um, no, it's, it's good. Luke chapter 2, um, <laughs> let's just forget that. I don't know why I'm saying that. Mess around. The Heisman, it's just so happy. It's, things are good. Um, all right, verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were so afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And so right here, you've got this incredible moment where it's bringing you good tidings of great joy. And so last week, we talked about the good tidings, the good news. We talked about the gospel. Week before that, we talked about fear not. And right here is this idea of great joy, that the Savior of the world comes and it actually produces in the human heart great joy. That you and I, when we hear the idea that God has come, it does not bring the fear, the sadness. Instead, it brings great joy. Do not fear, actually, but possess great joy. And this is actually good news. And so religions across the world, if they were to hear that the creator has come, they would have all different kinds of ideas. But we as Christ followers, when we think about what God looks like, this is not bad news for us. This is good news. And it actually produces great joy. So when God becomes man, we call it the incarnation. When Jesus comes, it actually produces in human beings that hear about it, joy. We see this actually, interestingly enough, in the chapter before, chapter one, verse 44. It's intriguing intriguing because you've got John the Baptist, and he's the, the one who brings, proclaims, declares that Jesus is coming. And Elizabeth who's pregnant with John the Baptist, actually speaks of the baby inside of her as possessing joy when she meets Mary, when she connects with Mary, when Mary comes to visit her, which I just think is interesting. Look at this. It says this, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. It's just interesting that the first human response, unborn baby, unborn baby is joy. And I say that because it could be fear, it could be, it could be lots of emotions, but it's this, it's, it's joy. And my prayer for us is that we would see a little bit of what it means that Jesus who comes to planet earth brings joy, brings joy for you and for me, and then it's actually a new way of living. That the good way of living is that it's good news and it brings great joy because Jesus actually possesses great joy. God becomes man. We're talking about God with us and Jesus possesses great joy. Look what he says to his disciples. He says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you 
So Jesus talking about his joy, a good joy, he wants what's best for his disciples, and he's speaking of himself as possessing a high quality of joy. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So completeness of joy in you because of my joy. It's the joy that Jesus possesses. And then Jesus actually prays for that, and he prays for it for his disciples. He's praying it for you and for me as well. Look what Jesus prays when it comes to joy for us. He says this, I am coming to you now, speaking to the Father, but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. It's this idea that Jesus prays that you and I would possess great joy. And so I want us to focus in this morning on Jesus coming to earth, Jesus possessing great joy, and because of Jesus we can have actually a joy like him, like live with joy. And I think a lot of times this is a choice that we make. This week, uh, Renata and I were driving and Renata said, why are you so happy? And I said, I'm, I'm preaching on joy this Sunday. <laughs> she goes, can you turn it into a series? Um, and I think it's because, you know, a lot of times really joy is a choice. And I want us to talk about, for, for me, it was just cognitive. It's just I'm talking on it this week. It was, it was more in my mind than normal. And so for you and I, we look at, it's not a joy that is uh, based on circumstance. It's a joy that's rooted, developed as we look at, study, know, walk with Jesus. And so here's the good news. If God becomes man and shows up, we, we do have texts where in Isaiah 53, it says that he was a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. So we don't want to kind of, over, kind of overstate it to where we kind of think of that he doesn't experience human emotion because we know that Jesus experienced great, great sadness, great sorrow, but we also have him describing himself as possessing great joy. And so human response to Savior of the world coming is this incredible joy and then living in a real joy. My prayer for you and me today is that we would develop our lives not around the circumstance of the culture, of the planet, but that we would develop even be the fulfillment of Jesus' prayer that we would have joy. So then how do we do that? Jesus, Jesus, like no one in human history, demonstrates pouring out his life for others. And one of the secrets to joy is doing what Jesus did where you actually sacrifice, pour out your life for others, and it kind of boomerangs around, and the person who pours out their life for others ends up experiencing joy. And so as you and I give of our lives, as we give of our lives to others, the same way that God becomes man, right? John 1:14. Jesus, the word becomes flesh and lived for a while among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. This God becomes man, the word becomes flesh and he pours out his life. He lives for others. He, he, he gives up everything that he has in terms of all, all that had in heaven to become man and actually pours out his life for us. Paul said, though he was rich, yet for our sake, he became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich, that we might become blessed, that we might gain life because of the life that he pours out. So this whole Christian idea of joy is that as you pour out your life on others, as you 
pour out your life for maybe even the good news of the gospel. As you pour out your life, you start to actually develop joy like Jesus has. It's actually in the giving of yourself. So we discover great joy when we pour out our lives for other people, which is to stand in complete contrast to the messaging that we receive in the culture that we live. In the culture that we live, it's fight for me, live for me, and gain great wealth, or focus on your own comforts, or kind of kind of live for self, and if you live for self, then you'll, uh, you'll, you'll reach happiness. And this Christian idea, and we say Christian, Christ follower, it's not a category, it's a person that we're kind of trying to figure out what did Jesus say, and who is Jesus, and how do I become like Jesus? And so we listen to Jesus, and when Jesus talks, he's talking about Listen, if you possess my joy, your joy becomes complete. When you live like I live, when you think like I think, when, when my mission is your mission, then you start to experience joy. So imagine you and I starting to bend our, our minds and our lives around that instead of living the way that the culture says. So you walk into like a Barnes and Noble and there is all of the world's happiness, everything that the, hap- that the world can offer right there at the magazine rack. It's everybody's heaven, right? It's where they can find happiness. There's some people, they find heaven in picking up the motorcycle magazine and it's the Harley Davidson. And man, there is, let's, let's, let's find some life there. There's other people, it's in better homes and gardens. There's other people, it's the news. There's other people that it might be fitness. There's other people that it's the celebrities. And there's, there's kind of this idea, like maybe if I can, if I can find something in, in all that, I, I can find happiness or find joy. And for the Christ follower, it's this, that the supreme passion, the thing that brings life is not rooted in this planet. It's rooted in a person. It's rooted in Jesus and that we actually find our savior as our source for joy. So then when, when that happens, yeah, man, we can be interested in these things and have some of these things, but they are not the supreme source of our joy. The supreme source of our joy is a person that's Jesus, and that's what Jesus prays. What Jesus prays is he's going, the joy that's in me, I want to be in them. And he finds, over and over again, you find him talking about his life and the Father, his desire to be with his Father, his desire to pour out his life for others. You've got Jesus actually giving his life for the sake of others. And so if we want to know the joy journey, we look to Jesus, and Jesus embodies it. And so you and I have to kind of reframe our lives to where we intentionally sacrifice, pour out our lives even for others. And as we do that, we start to develop what the world looks at and says insane because we're living in a whole realm that's different because it's, a, it's God's activity. It's actually supernatural joy. It's in, in giving of our lives, in, in giving of ourselves, we actually find joy. Paul says it this way. My life is being poured out as a part of the sacrifice and service I offer to God for your faith. I am filled with joy and I share that joy with all of you. So here's this idea. He's saying, as I sacrifice and as I serve, I actually find joy. The more self-centered you are, the more sad you will be. But as you pour out your life for other people, as you live the Jesus journey you actually start to find joy. 
We kind of see this. It's the famous Charles Dickens story, A Christmas Carol, right? And, and really, that, this is the idea of the entire movie or book, depending on <laughs> who's sitting there, right? I, I mean, I haven't read the book. Actually, I haven't seen the movie. I've only seen the Disney Scrooge McDuck version. That's all that I know. But I'm going to go based upon that. I think it's close to accurate. Because you see at the beginning, the old miser who's miserable, who's focused on self, right? Focused on me, focused on what I want, focused on my money. And then the whole premise of the book is then at the end when he's giving, when he's caring about other people, how you see a complete countenance change because he starts to experience the joy of giving for others instead of fighting for self. So my prayer for us is that, is that we would think of joy rooted in Christ, rooted in Jesus, that he personifies for us what true joy looks like. And when we look to Jesus, we see not a fake, cheesy, but a real source where he knows where he comes from, he knows who his father is, and yet he's willing to pour out his life for others. In fact, the way that he even says it when he speaks of us in Hebrews is it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. In other words, he finds joy in us. For the, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He actually was gonna possess, have joy in going to a cross for the sake of others. And so as you live in a culture that says, fight for me, as we live in a culture that says it's all about you, we wanna kinda reorient how we think and look at Jesus and actually say, no, my, my joy is not in, in, in me. In fact, it's not even in just my circumstance being better. My joy is rooted in, in Christ. My joy is rooted in Jesus. Because joy, joy is internal. It's, it's in here. It's, it's not changing based upon circumstance. Happiness is external, right? We've heard this idea. Happiness comes and goes because it's based upon happenstance. It's, it's based upon if your circumstance goes up, then you're happy. If your circumstance goes down, then you're sad. But this idea of joy, which is an evidence or a fruit of the Holy Spirit or God living within us, this idea of joy, it's not a roller coaster that goes up and down based upon circumstance. It's, it's a way that we live that's that's rooted in Jesus, it's rooted in our savior. And so as we go into Christmas, my prayer is that we can live this. Now I know this, this is easy to teach and it's hard to live, but to actually go through our day, our week, our month, and as time goes on, develop more and more joy in Christ and less and less happiness based upon circumstance. Let me say it this way. I like to think of it as a happiness, and I use the phrase balloon, like a happiness balloon, and what I'm going to call joy like a rock. Here's what I mean by that. If hap happiness is like a balloon, it changes based upon circumstance. So you have a good day. For example, for me, a good day. Wake up. Olivia says, Dad, I made you breakfast. No carbs. What's up? That's a good start. Then my happiness balloon goes, whoosh, whoosh, right? And then Renata looks at me as I'm walking out the door, and she says, whew, you're looking abnormally tall today. And then it's just like, whoo, right? You start to feel good. Like, that's a good start. And then you get to the coffee shop and the guy looks at you and goes, hey, this is your 10th coffee. Free coffee for you today. Ha <laughs> ha. Life's good. 
feeling great. Sit down, talk to the first person. They're like, hey, I love Radiant Church. It's awesome. So glad that Radiant Church is here. So glad that you moved to town. And I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Right? Go to lunch with the next person. How's it going? What's up? And they're like, oh, I just, I cannot tell you how cool you are. Really? Oh, yeah. You're cool. (laughs) Yes. And by 1 o'clock, I mean happiness, balloon, swollen in my soul. Until I get in my car and check Instagram where someone puts a picture of their wedding where I look like I'm four feet tall. (laughs) Which happened this week. And I'm looking up at the bride like this. And the fiery dart goes, pop, pop. Happiness is gone. Doesn't matter what happened that day. It's just over. It's like I'm just depressed. It's just like it's, it's the end. It's just pow, gone, boom, right? All right? But take it the opposite way. Imagine if it's what I'm going to call joy like a rock, all right? This joy it's just right there. It's just solid. It's not here. It's not here. It's just right there. Okay. Walk out, live. Hey dad, made you breakfast. Awesome. But you know what? You could have not made me breakfast and I'd still be okay. David, you're looking abnormally tall today. Thank you very much. But even if you hadn't said that, I'd still be okay. My identity is not my height. I learned that a long time ago. (laughs) Right? Free coffee today. Thank you. Great, it's good. Got a lot of, it's not going to change my, I'm thankful, but okay. Conversation. Hey, Radiant's awesome. Great, thank you. But it's just rock. Rocks don't get bigger or smaller. It just stays the rock. Look at Instagram. Bad post. Tempted to be sad, except for it's the fiery dart. Doesn't hit a balloon. Hits a rock. Bounces off. You get it? Steady. It's just good day. Good circumstance, hard circumstance, but how I respond is not based upon circumstance. It's just joy. It's it's my my joy is not in my circumstance. My joy is rooted in my Savior. My joy is rooted in a person. It's the evidence. It's the work of God inside of me. So, man, and I don't want to belittle that we go through hard times and that there's real anguish. I get that, but I'm talking about when you look at people in the biblical narratives. When you look at church history, even when you look at Christians that you know today that are, that are seeking hard after God, you'll find people that, man, they can go through challenging times. And it is not a roller coaster up and down and up and down. They go through great moments. They go through hard moments. And it's just, it's just joy. And that's hard for most of us. I mean, it's challenging. Most of us, the way that we, the way that we live is often where circumstance is what dictates how we're feeling. But again, it's this conviction. All right, I live by my convictions and my emotions follow. And my conviction is, is that I find my source of life in Jesus and my joys in him. I was leading a trip to India a number of years ago and um, we, were, we were visiting house churches and uh, had a bunch of young people with me. And, and there was this kid, he was about six foot six on our team. And this guy was like, I mean, sweet guy, like, you know, you would just think that he is the most godly guy on the trip, you know, like, he's just awesome, awesome, 
kind of mild-mannered, just cool guy. And we're, we're at the, the Taj Mahal, actually, and taking a day off uh, from the church stuff and just visiting the Taj Mahal. Well, there we are at the Taj Mahal. It's 100-something degrees outside, and everybody's starting to get a little bit miserable because it's so hot, and we we're only supposed to be there for kind of a short time. We're there for a way extended time, and all of a sudden, these birds fly over my friend and just, <laughs> just hit him right here, just pop, pop, just, just, it's just a small, I'll never forget it the rest of my life, because <laughs> here he is, and he's 6'6", six, six, and, and I'm just looking at you know, just bird droppings just land right on, the, right on his forehead and they start dripping right here. And I have never seen a saved man look so lost in a matter of a moment. Because what came out of him in that moment was pretty bad. I mean, it was awful. And I've never laughed so hard in my life. Listen, reality is, as you and I go through moments like that all the time where it's like, it's easy just to allow, bam, that hard thing, that whatever circumstance. And our dream is that we kind of get our hearts and our minds so bent around Jesus that it's actually the joy of Jesus alive and at work inside of us. And like mature Christ followers, Jesus' prayer over us that we would possess his joy plays out in being consistent, in circumstance not dictating how we are, in even the way that we live where we actually find joy in being like Jesus and laying down our life for the sake of others. And it's Christ-like joy. It's great, it's good, great, this message of Jesus, this opportunity to be his followers is something that produces great joy. And it's a choice because our temptation is live it one day and then just punt on it the next. But finding joy in our circumstance. In fact, the way that Paul says it in Philippians 4 is, he, he, he talks about almost like it's a command. Rejoice in the Lord always. Can I say rejoice? Rejo like when we think of commands, we think of like 10 commandments. You know, we think like thou shalt not murder. We think thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. I want you to think though, here's the choice. Here's even the command, rejoice. In whatever circumstance you're going through today, not theoretical, not just a message from David on Sunday, but as you look at your life, as you look at right now, December 2016, okay, God, how do I live with great joy in my current scenario? How do I bend my life around where I have great joy, joy that looks like Jesus, joy that doesn't look like I am just responding to my circumstance, but joy that looks like Christ. Doesn't matter the circumstance. I love the story of Horatio Spafford. He was a real estate agent, lived in Chicago in the 1800s, and he had five children, a boy and four girls. His little boy was four years old and died of disease, and he lost his little boy. And a year later, the Chicago fire um, took a bunch of his real estate investments that he had along Lake Michigan and they burned down and he lost a big chunk of his wealth. 
And so in order to just kind of take care of his family, uh, he decided to have a vacation and he sent his wife and his four daughters onto England and he was going to catch up to them. He was planned to go with them, but had some kind of business thing that took place, which he needed to stay back for. And so he sent them on and had connected with a pastor friend in England and said, you guys go on ahead and, and I'll join you. But after sending his wife and his now four daughters, uh, they shipwrecked. His wife was saved and his four daughters drowned. And so he received a telegram back saying all is lost except for his wife and lost his four daughters. So he decided to go be with his wife and as they were, as he was now by himself on the ship going to see his wife who's in England, the captain of the ship said, this is about the place where your daughters drowned. This is the spot. And he looked over, looked at the water. And I just want you to see this response in the midst of horrific circumstance. This Christ follower wrote this song right then. When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows, he looked at the waters roll. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. Joy like a rock. Circumstance not gonna dictate. Too dreamy? I don't know. We have a savior, Jesus. But for the joy set before him, endured a cross. And we have a choice. We can easily say, ah, that's pie in the sky. Or we can say, I'm a Christ follower. Jesus prayed that I would possess a joy that was in him. And I want the joy of Jesus in me. This joy, I believe, is real. I believe that we see people today and we know people today that their circumstance starts to look like calamity. And when we look at them, we see something supernatural going on on the inside. And imagine a church where there's many joy. Perfect circumstance, not even close, but joy in the midst of a storm. My prayer for us is that we would radiate, shine the light of Jesus to a world that's filled with sadness, anger, frustration, constant reasons why they're justified to scream and line, yell, be angry, because circumstance is what causes them to go up or down. But you and me made a choice. We follow Jesus. He's prayed for us. He set the example for us. And so we choose. We're gonna live like Jesus. Joy like a rock. We close your eyes and let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the opportunity to be Christ followers. We thank you that this is not a theory. This is present tense reality where we currently in our day get to know Jesus, walk like Jesus. And we just confess, God, this, this is hard to live. 
idea of our joy being rooted in Jesus instead of rooted in what our culture says, pursuit of happiness, finding good times. We just, we just confess it's hard. And we ask for supernatural help. God, we ask for your strength. I pray for the people today that are in just financial challenge right now. It seems like circumstance should enable them to be depressed and angry. I pray for them. I pray that you'd strengthen them this morning. God, the people that are in a broken relationship in the pain of family fighting, pray that you'd give them strength to find their joy in Jesus today. God, those who are there, their job is just a battle. It's miserable. It's hard. Circumstance seems so frustrating. Pray, Lord God, that you would help them find joy in you today. God, for the parents who are just struggling to parent their children, the kids are driving them crazy. I just pray, Lord God, find their joy in their life rooted in a source of unending life and joy. God, we put our trust in you today. And we believe that the good news of Jesus is great joy. It's not just metaphoric. Man, it's real. We pray that we would be a living expression of the joy of Christ to our city, to our world, God. If you just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I'd like to pray. This morning, maybe there's some of you that you're not a Christ follower. You haven't been following Jesus. But man, you know the, the pain of trying to find happiness in the world systems. And today you don't want the systems of the planet to be the source of your happiness. You want the person of Jesus to be the source of your life. And if that's you today and you want to make a choice to follow Jesus, I'd just like to invite you to repeat this prayer after me. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for sending your son, Jesus. The good news of great joy. Christ the Savior was born. I thank you that Jesus lived perfectly and lived a life that I could not live. He died for me. Rose from the dead that I might have eternal life. And I give my life to you today. Pray that you would give me eternal life. I don't want to be first place in my life. I want you to be first place. I don't want to be Lord. You are Lord. Be the Lord of my life. Come be in me. And I might live with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you've just made this decision to be a disciple of Jesus, which we think is the best decision you could ever make. I'd love to connect with you and help you along the way with your journey. So in just a moment, we're going to take up an offering. And if you wouldn't mind just filling out that card and just checking this box that said, I decided to follow Jesus.
If you've done that, man, we want to connect with you and help you in your journey. Let's all stand together as we prepare to give today. And as always, I want to invite you as we give this morning to give with cheerful, cheerful hearts, worship. We love to give and worship at the same time, meaning singing songs. Both are forms of worship. But we just love to celebrate and look to Jesus. It's why we always do a song at the end. Is we just want to look to God and just realign. Okay, God, I declare this. As we go back out into our world, to go back out, jobs, shopping malls, just all the stuff that we do every week. It's a moment where we realign our hearts. We declare this, Jesus, your name, Jesus, your face, Jesus, your life, it's all about you. So let's go ahead and worship the Lord together as we give. All right, let's sing this together. Thanks again for listening. To learn more and to join our Radiant family, check us out on social media and online at radiantchurchkc.com.